the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his exodus, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were waiting out in sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us take two brothers, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. When he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice that spoke in Jesus was sounded alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one of any of the things that they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, the great crowd met him. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I beg your disciples to cast it out, but they did not. Jesus answered, Be faithless and perverse generation. How much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. When he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground and called him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. This is the gospel of our Lord.
out from anywhere, and he just came up and carried the book all the way to the library for me. I guess he wanted help with carrying the book. Will you pray with me? 
Loving God, come to us with your spirit poured out for us in the waters of baptism. Help us to see the glory of your presence, the glory of your kingdom come here among us, changing us from one degree to another, drawing us ever closer into your love and your embrace. Guide us now by this gift that you have provided for us, an opportunity to worship and praise you and receive in turn sustenance for the week to come. All these things and all the things of our hearts, we live before you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Anyone here a fan of the Wizard of Oz? See some hands go up. I think you mentioned uh, the Wizard of Oz in Sunday school this morning. All right, Dorothy and Toto, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, witches and munchkins and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. The thing about the Wizard of Oz is that throughout the entire film, nothing is really as it seems to be. Leading up to the reveal at the end where the Grand Wizard is just shown to be the man behind the curtain. And when we come to understand that, our entire perception of the film has changed. Once the curtain's been pulled back, we can never return to look at the wizard, much less the entire film, in the same way ever again. And I believe that's what our scripture texts are talking about this morning, particularly when it comes to our reading from 2 Corinthians, as Paul writes to the church there. He says that, you know, Moses entered a cloud on a mountain to receive God's word for the people who have already turned their back on God by worshiping a golden calf. They've already forgotten about the poor state of affairs that they lived in as slaves in Egypt, desiring to return there rather than wandering throughout the wilderness. Moses' face shines brightly because he's been in communion with God. The God of his ancestors. But as he comes down and, and shares what he's received from the people, he has to hide his face behind a veil because they're afraid. Afraid of looking at God for who God is and how God has changed Moses. The fear that their unworthiness means they won't be able to live any longer than that. What happens on the mountain in our gospel reading this morning where the disciples see their teacher and their friend transfigured before them must be pretty close to how the Israelites felt as Moses came down from the mountain and shared with them God's word of mercy and justice for the people. The people of Israel and Jesus' disciples, they had an opportunity to see the fullness of who God is and a glimpse of the radiance that God brings into this dark, broken, and hurting world. And they were afraid. They'd never witnessed God in this way, present among them as an advocate for mercy and for justice, gathering all of God's people close enough to witness a glimpse of the kingdom that was prepared just for them. And like the people of Israel, like Peter and James and John, 
once we've seen God face to face, as God really is, we can never go back from that experience the way that we once were. And we can never expect to take another step forward without having been changed forever. Paul writes that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has pulled back the curtain not just for the people of Israel or Peter and James and John, but for all people. For you and I to see and know who God really is and what God intends for each and every one of us. In the death and resurrection of Jesus, our calling as disciples of the beloved Son of God changes the way that we look at the world and one another. In Jesus, the veil has been lifted from our eyes and we see the world for what it is. A broken creation, yes, but a creation that God loves and has come to redeem and to heal. In Jesus, we see what it means to truly live, to be who God has created us to be. And so even in the seemingly small occurrences, where have you seen God this week? Encountering the divine is a life-changing event. And the moment, the moment that we see the fullness of God's glory in those ways, we're often caught off guard and unprepared. But God comes to us nonetheless, removing the veils that keep us from seeing the fullness of God's kingdom by casting out demons and the evil powers which possess and hold us captive. Our greed, our pride, our lust for, for power and self-gratification. When we look around us, if we pay attention, we can see God at work everywhere and hear the voice of God calling out, do not be afraid. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Encountering God for who God is changes us. And as we move forward in this world, we're constantly called to, to step up, constantly called to reflect on who and whose we are. Constantly and consistently called to reevaluate how we see one another. And to be creative with how we work to serve this world that God so loves. We may not see Jesus in dazzling white robes on a mountaintop. But we do know and recognize that every time we gather together and come to this table... We see God and encounter God for who God is. Coming to us through broken bread and poured wine in ways that we can comprehend and share. Which means that every time we come to this place of worship, every time that we encounter God's gift in this meal of Holy Communion, we're given another opportunity to be changed by the power and the presence of God, revealed to 
and among us. Paul says that that within the body of Christ in his day, there are still some who, who cover themselves with this veil, choosing not to consider how the kingdom of God is preparing them to enter into a new relationship with God and with one another, but instead they prefer to remain how they are. Keep on keeping on. What worked yesterday will work tomorrow. Not recognizing that what God does for us is changing us from one degree of glory to another by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. What is it to this day that still covers our eyes and prohibits us from from seeing the kingdom that God is calling us to inhabit? Are we blinded by the the hopelessness that comes from, from financial insecurity or the fear that what exists tomorrow won't be the same as it is today? Are we burdened by our, our loneliness or our grief? By the stresses of life that seem to tear us apart from God and neighbor? What, what things from within and things from without continue to put a veil over our eyes cause blind spots? And separate us from the God who has come near and has revealed his glory to us in Jesus. Whatever those things are, Lent provides us with the opportunity to name them. But the scope of what happens today on this Mount of Transfiguration shows us that whatever those obstacles are, they pale in comparison to what God has given us through our baptismal death and resurrection. Regardless of the, the terrifying surroundings of storm clouds on a mountain, the frightening reality of sickness or poverty or death, or the uncertainty that comes with our life together, we encounter tomorrow as hope would have us do it. Because what God has begun in Moses and in Jesus has come to its fullness in us. How is God continuing to come near and remove the veil from our face, calling us to look forward to a future of, of excitement and wonder and hope for the new opportunities that await us? For 130 years, people have come to this place with that same expectation, that same excitement and hope for what God is doing here in this place to us, for us, and through us. Coming together in worship and in praise to see God for who God is and to give thanks that God loves us so. After we journey through this season of Lent together and we proclaim the triumph of Jesus' resurrection at Easter, we'll receive a special guest on the first Sunday in May uh, when Bishop Sam Zeiser comes uh, 
to celebrate with us 130 years of good, faithful ministry here through St. Mark's. And to share with us how, how we have participated in removing the veil and revealing God's glory to the people here in this township, to our neighbors across the Synod, and yes, even throughout the entire world. In the meantime, as we await this celebration of who God has called us and made us to be, I invite you to consider seriously and pray over how you have come to see the face of God revealed to you through your time here at St. Mark's. And pray that God may guide you to share his glory with your neighbor, with your friend, with your enemy, with the strangers in our midst. The curtain's been pulled back. And we can't help but look at the world as those who have been transformed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. God has called us to wonderful things to which we cannot see the ending. And I, for one, am proud and excited to be a part of that with you. Because this is what it means to be the church. This is what it means to follow Jesus. And this is what it means to listen to the Son of God. Amen.